happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In 1954, a young Elvis Presley used the country standard Blue Moon of Kentucky to help kickstart his career. By then, blue moons had become a fixture in popular culture. This is still the case today. Just look at Blue Moon brand beer or the 2014 single Blue Moon by Beck. But just because a term is widely employed doesn't mean it's widely understood. If you've ever wondered what blue moons are in the astronomical sense of the phrase, this episode is for you. The term blue moon dates back to at least the 16th century, and since then it's been given several different definitions, many of which are contradictory. At first, blue moon was slang for something that was flat-out impossible— But over time, the meaning of this idiom changed to refer to things that were either rare or highly unlikely. This explains the modern phrase, once in a blue moon. Nowadays, when a person says that something occurs once in a blue moon, they mean it doesn't happen very often, but that it's not impossible. And in the 1800s, this expression received yet another meaning. It takes the moon 29.53 days to complete a full rotation around the Earth. In the process, the appearance of the moon goes through all of its phases, from new to full. Therefore, each calendar quarter, or season, spring, summer, fall, and winter, typically sees three full moons apiece, assuming one full moon each month. But every so often, 
a single season will get an extra moon. And during the 19th century, some stargazers began to refer to the third full moon in a season, which sees four of them altogether, as a blue moon. The Maine Farmer's Almanac popularized this definition. Time for a quick aside. You might be wondering why the third full moon in a season with four was singled out here. Why didn't people just call that fourth one the blue moon? The answer boils down to naming conventions. Again, most years see 12 full moons in total. Many cultures have given names to those that appear at specific points in the year. Uh, For example, in some American traditions, the last full moon of the winter is called the worm moon. If the winter season in any given year were to see four full moons, calling the final one a blue moon would disrupt this linguistic status quo. Right then, back to the Maine Farmer's Almanac. From 1932 to 1957, this now-defunct publication championed this definition of blue moons. The waters were further muddied in 1946, when an astronomer named James Hugh Pruitt wrote an article about blue moons for the magazine Sky and Telescope. In it, he misinterpreted an excerpt from the 1937 edition of the Maine Farmer's Almanac. This led him to conclude, erroneously, that a blue moon is the second full moon in any given calendar month. Pruitt's blunder went on to have a life of its own. One 1980 episode of the radio program Stardate repeated his mistaken idea about what a blue moon is. After that, this new definition turned up on a Trivial Pursuit card and in a children's nonfiction book. Yesterday's misprint can become tomorrow's accepted wisdom. Uh, Most people now subscribe to Pruitt's definition. Thanks to this kerfuffle, astronomy fans are left with two competing schools of thought about what constitutes a blue moon. The rival definitions now go by different names. The third full moon in a season with four of them is called a seasonal blue moon. Meanwhile, the second full moon in a calendar month is called a monthly blue moon. The latter phenomenon occurs once every two to three years. You'll note that neither definition has anything to do with the moon's actual coloration. By virtue of its surface geology, Earth's natural satellite usually looks gray. And during lunar eclipses, the refraction of sunlight can give it a rusty red appearance. But does the moon ever turn blue? Well, yes, but only under certain circumstances. In the past, there have been documented instances of smoke and ash from massive forest fires and volcanic eruptions sending up particles into the atmosphere that filter out red light. When this happens, the moon takes on a blue appearance. In short, if you ever see a moon that is literally blue, it's because something very destructive is happening down on Earth. Today's episode is based on the article, Why a Blue Moon's Not Really Blue, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Mark Mancini. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. 
obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.